Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach and Adam. Jack, be nimble, Jack, be quick. Oh wait, did you have a bit? You can do your bit. You do your bit. (laughs) I was going to sing the Limbo song. (laughs) Hey, why don't you sing the Limbo song, Adam? I'd love to hear it. Jack, be nimble, Jack, be quick. Jack, go underneath the stick. <laughs> so that was bad. Um, Let's it was cut better that out. than my unprepared. No, 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 we're actually not. No, I have final edit rights, so I'm keeping bit. that in. What's your bit? I, my bit was going to be improv, and I didn't know where I was going with it. I was going to figure it out as I went. So you know what? You singing the the limbo song that they do at children's birthday parties probably better. Well, this is a limbo episode. I, I thought it might be appropriate. We are. We are talking about limbo. So we are going to see which X-Men are very good at bending over and going under sticks. Can they get under there? Can Colossus in his massive form fit underneath the low hanging Is he bar? allowed to transform or not? Because I feel like he's not very flexible when he's made of organic steel. But when he turns into beautiful artiste Pietro Rasputin, Maybe maybe he's got a little more luck mm, in his back. <laughs> That's possible. I don't know. He sure doesn't seem real flexible when he comes to his uh, his sister. He's he's very stubborn. He's got to go get her. There's got to be a better way to say that, man. Uh, that sounded weird in retrospect. I was not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted you to. Uh, I wanted you to realize that. Wow. Oh, maybe we edit that out. <laughs> no. Again. Again. <laughs> When I when I do a silly, I will re-listen to it in editing mode and say, maybe not that one. When Adam does it, I say, maybe yes, that one. People, people, people sometimes complain our bits go on too long, and they're probably right. Uh, this is a good example of that. We're going to talk about Limbo, you know, the hell dimension where Ileana Rasputin, or Rasputina is from. That's right. Uh, if you want to, if you want to properly Russianize her name. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna start. Uh, Chuck Marsh he requested this episode. The story that he chose is actually gonna be the last one for thematic reasons. Uh, so instead, you're gonna have to guess what it is as we talk about the first story that's on our list, which is X in Furnace. This is written by Comic Book Sabolski himself, with uh, art by Giuseppe Camicoli. Uh, it came out in '09, back back in those golden years, before in the before times, before the pandemic, uh, and it's a follow up to a story that we covered not too terribly long ago. That is, of course, the quest for magic from the new X Men with yeah. the children. That's uh, the one where the new X Men got sucked into limbo, encountered a newer version of uh, Ileana after many many years. A different version. Yes, not. Not the same one we've been used to. This this one is definitely more Dark Child, and uh, so this. We'll get we'll get into it, but do you know how we got this Gestalt Iliada 
that we have now that is, for all intents and purposes, the regular original Ileana, but is definitely like, like what is it that that ship? What's that ship called that you keep taking parts about from it and you keep putting it back and it's like, hey, is this still the same ship even though you replaced all the parts, but you called it the same thing the whole time? I don't know. The Titanic? I re- <laughs> no. What? They didn't rebuild the Titanic. I know. I don't know what you're talking about. It's some Greek. This is some Greek thing. Um, we got a lot of classics fans. Fans of fans of the Greek Greco-Roman classical studies. Uh, and they're going to be like the ship of Thespius or whatever, which is close, but I know I'm wrong. Uh, anyway, go look that up on the Wikipedia afterwards. Just type in ship, all the parts change and you'll find it. Uh, but anyway, so how did, how did our Ileana die? Uh, way back in Inferno. So she kind of sacrificed herself to close the portal to, uh, to limbo in the first place. And, you know replaced herself with little baby not baby but little kid Ileana who then was murdered by the Russian government well then no she was murdered by the legacy virus her parents were murdered by the Russian oh, right. government Adam get it I'm, straight get your soul skinner in order I uh, can't keep track of who who kills all the, the, the Rasputins there's too many Rasputins well you know Belasco <coughs> you mean the king of limbo uh, sometimes King of Limbo. He only's got the one arm. Uh, he he saw into the House of M universe where Ileana was still alive and said, "I would like her to still be alive." And he made like a a shell of Ileana that had like the trappings of her, but not her soul, not any real parts of her soul. Uh, and then that's the Dark Child from that story. And she goes between being Ileana and the Dark Child, and really mean. Until one of the stories we're going to get into later, where she finally gets her original soul back from the Storm and Magic miniseries. To essentially be the original flavor, Ileana, with the with the soul sword and the blonde bangs. But it took us a while to get there, and this is the start of getting back to that. Yeah, because the, the last time we saw her, she was very, very dark childy and basically is just tearing apart Limbo. Uh, and that's how this story starts as well, um, with X and Furnace, with um, Ileana and uh, a red sim, not the purple one, but he'll turn purple again later in some of the stories that we're talking about. Uh, Look, Monte Gracia, incredible, incredible colorist, did did heck up there. Let's say it was the <laughs> shadow in the light. And uh, it, it also turns out that Belasco has a daughter. Oh, you're talking about Witchfire? Witchfire? Whose fire? Yes, Witchfire, uh, who just really kind of looks like uh, like Rachel Summers for the for does all intents like and purposes. Rachel a lot. Like a lot, a lot. Yeah, like might as well be the Chris Pichalo, uh design, like not really that distinguishable. Um Witchfire wants a seat at the table of like the 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 Hell Club, which the is hell ridiculous. Lords. It's the Hell Lords. The fact that there is such a thing is just so stupid to me. I I don't. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Marvel Marvel found out that oops, wouldn't you know it? We made five Satans. <laughs> right. We did so many Satans. Uh, 
that they did all have to come together, thanks to Mark Grunewald, and say, so we're all the Satans, and I guess we all have different parts of hell? <laughs> so, you know, Beelzebub's there, Hella's there, Mephisto's there, Satana, Satanish, they're there. Dormammu. Uh, Blackheart hangs out there occasionally. Yeah, I don't get that at all, because Mephisto hates Blackheart. Like, that's kind of... It didn't make any sense to me that they were sitting peacefully next to each other at the they, table. Look, they're trying. <laughs> they're, they're trying to reconcile their relationship. Well, somebody Just else let... who's trying to reconcile is Pixie, who uh, does not have a soul sword quite yet, um, but does have a soul dagger, which she promptly stabs Nightcrawler with and then uh, manages to get a soul sword. Just pulls a soul sword right out of Nightcrawler. Yeah, it turns out that the Soul Sword was hidden inside of Nightcrawler this whole time. I forget exactly how that happened. Wasn't it hidden inside Kitty? It was hidden inside Kitty for a while, and then Kitty put it outside of Excalibur's lighthouse for a little while. No, wait. Yeah, that's the order it went. It was hidden inside Kitty for a little while. Then it was in Excalibur's lighthouse. Then Amanda Sefton, Day Tripper... You know, Nightcrawler's uh, cousin's Kurt's, girlfriend. His 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 sister girlfriend. Yes. Sorry. Um, there you go. Yeah. No. It's no. She's she's a stepsister. <laughs> she's she's his stepsister. Uh. Anyway, his stepsister. <laughs> Claremont didn't have to do that. No, he we did all not. know he did it, right? <laughs> <laughs> she could have just been another. She could have just, just been, been another kid in the wizard. circus. <laughs> have to anyway uh she becomes the second magic for a while and does have the soul sword and i forget exactly what happened with that but i'm gonna guess she ended up putting it in kurt secretly that also sounded a little weird um yeah no she snuck instead of him (laughs) sneaking his sword into her she snuck her sword into him oh boy um man we're we are just earning it this week anyway (laughs) They're all anyway, after the Pixie, soul gems. Anyway, who only has 80% of a soul, does stab Nightcrawler, gets the soul sword, and that alerts uh, the Dark Child, Magic, who's like, aw dang, that's my good sword. And as we know, the X-Men friggin' love swords. All ten of them. <laughs> bud, bud, you, we record this on a Tuesday, so the issue hasn't come out yet, but now that you're listening to it, you have. Uh, have you? Do you have all of your theories on who the ten, uh, ten sword holders in Ten of Swords are? I mean, I have some guesses, but no, I, I have not made my spreadsheet yet. Well, I mean, five of them are incredibly obvious. Yes, another four are mostly obvious. And I think the last one's just Doug. <laughs> you know, Doug, Doug Ramsey Cipher. His sword <laughs> is just warlock. Get a friggin' sword. Uh. There are a lot of joke swords on there, and I thought the Doug one was a joke one, but no, I think Doug's getting a real sword. I mean, it, it, it's an easy fix, you know, if you think about it practically. Uh, makes more sense than the iBoy sword, you know. Um, listen, do not, do not besmirch Trevor having a sword with eyes on it. That <laughs> I love is that. Non-canonical, but I want it to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, and the, anyways, the X-Men have to go. They try to take and, over hell. Yeah. yeah, they have to go chase uh, everybody around in limbo. Uh, the the kids don't want to go because the last time they went, they got all messed up. Um, Which is fair. Oops. Pixie doesn't really want to go. Uh, Rock Slide and Mercury get uh, tag along because Rock Slide, Slide can blow himself up and come back as limbo rocks. Right. Which, okay, that makes sense. And Mercury, 
uh, is not impacted by limbo magic for some reason that's never fully explained. It was from that original story, but whatever. We're just going to roll with it. So how does this all wrap up? Because it seems a little anticlimactic. I mean, they, they've... So, so Witchfire does capture Pixie and does take another part of her soul out. Right. Uh, which gives her five soul stones between the two Pixie had and the three Eliana got taken from her back in the 80s. And is able to do what the, uh, what the soul stone locket was always able to do, which I don't remember, but might probably was in there. Uh, which is release all of the elder gods of Limbo, including a Gaborum from Runaways for some reason. <laughs> it's like three Cthulhu monsters and a Gaborum from Runaways. Which, whatever, that's fine. Yeah. And they, they kind of just have to stuff the monsters back into the, the hole. <laughs> yeah, Ileana, Ilya, you've seen the end of Avengers where Black Widow just stabs the... Uh, Space stone, the tesseract with the uh, with the pointy staff, and it closes. That's what they do. Yeah, they stab the locket, uh, and then it, the the elder gods go away. Yes. Uh, however, Witchfire still has the locket at the end of our story, and Pixie is upset. Ileana is like, I don't know what she or did who lose I am. another twenty percent of her soul. She has uh, lost. I'd be ticked off too. Forty whole percents of souls. That's two fifths. Uh, and, and Peter's basically like, oh, my sister's back. And she's just like, yeah, well, um, I'm, st- I'm still mostly evil. And also yeah. I'm a fake shadow of your sister, but go <laughs> off. I don't know. A lot happens here. Um, I like the artwork. I think that, Except uh, Kevin Coley. yeah, Kevin doing a very nice job here with the action beats. Um, he's got the characters on model. I love what he's doing with Ileana. Um, the, the writing is okay. You know, it, it's, it's telling, it's advancing the, the plot line along. Um, I think Witchfire is you what, very silly. Witchfire is silly. Can I tell you something that's, what's, what's kind of interesting and sad about this is, I think this might be the best thing C.B. Sabolsky wrote for Marvel. It, it definitely is better than the Age of Apocalypse stuff or, you know, some of the other things that he wrote as Akira Yoshida. Um, you know, it, it's held together pretty nicely. It, it flows very good, well from the new X-Men story. Um, I just, I, for all the action beats, I don't know that it necessarily, aside from, you know, the, the torment that Pixie is going through, I, I don't know that it really captures the, the characters that well. Um, I would agree. Yeah. So, I think we're on model, but um, I would have appreciated maybe a little more depth. But I still liked the the general way it was put together, um, and I like the art. So I think it's probably about time to rank this thing on our giant list. Hey, uh, do you do you uh, know about our giant list? I do. It has it almost four hundred stories on it now. It's crazy. Three ninety three. Three, that's three. We're on that road to 400. We're going to add six more today. Uh, yeah, we're getting close. It's all the stories from best to worst. The number one story on our list is the Dark Phoenix Saga. It is overrated and yet still very incredibly good in the best story. Uh, number 100 is the end of Grey's. Uh, 
number 200 is Deadpool the Circle Chase. Didn't didn't expect to see that one there. Good for you, Deadpool. Uh, good for you, number Fabes. 300 Good for you, Fabes. Number 300 is Cable 26 to 28, The Long Way, which is when he goes to Genosha. Mm, yes, Genosha. Yes. And then 393 is the Draco, which is a hell story that's unrelated to this. Azazel's not invited to their hell parties is kind of a beautiful thing. Azazel's not a good enough Satan to go to all the Satan parties. Yeah, isn't that weird? Like, if you're going to invite him on, no, you might as well no. have him at the table. No, it's not weird. Have you met Azazel? He sucks. So, let's see. We did discover that the new X-Men story that we were looking at was at... 141? 141. We're close. It's right around there, is the thing. Um, I don't think it's as good as that was, but um, it, it, it is similar in quality, I think. I still, yeah, I think we're probably in between. We're probably above 200 there. Um, yeah. How do you feel about this compared to uh, number 151 on our list? Men. By Claremont and the Rob. Um, I think I like it better than that. Um, I I think I would put it ahead of one forty five, which is Arms of the Octopus. Well, good because I was about to say it has to go behind one forty four, which is Extraordinary X Men seventeen. I would agree. Uh, That's the IVX uh, Storm story, right? It's the best IVX story. It sure is. It's probably the only thing we like that came out of IVX. So I think that's a good spot think... for it on the list. There's a story that Andrea Sorrentino draws where Wolverine talks or old man Logan talks to Forge about what Forge is like in the old man U- Logan universe. That one's all right. I don't know if I've read that. All right. Anyway, where are we going next? It's like 18. It's like number 18. You can check it out. It's very <laughs> quick. Yeah, it's 145 now. Uh, next, we're going back to Limbo in a... Hey, bud. Yeah. This is a three colon story title. Oh, man. This is a triple colon. That's right. This is X-Men, Second Coming, Revelations, Hellbound. <laughs> By Chris Yost and Harvey Tolabao. Inked by Sandu Floria. Um, art's not as good on this one. Hey, art's bad on this one. Um, let's 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 start with that. The art's very bad, actually, on this. And all the faces are funny, which takes you out of it. Also, the depiction of Limbo is several demons and flat, dark red backgrounds. Uh, Limbo it just doesn't feel like a place. Uh, I think you mentioned that it feels kind of just like a, a color or a background. The other two stories that led up to this really did a good job of, of setting up the, the demons and the, the teeming, you know, scores and armies of these bad gross deities that are coming at them. And here, I don't know like what is coming at them because a lot of it is just close-ups on characters without knowing what's happening around them. And that becomes all the more frustrating when one of the characters we're following is Gambit going back into his horseman uh, death persona. Oh, God, why? Yeah, his death farts, his death farts version. Yeah, uh, Gambit. Guys, guys, guys. Okay, so 
This story takes place uh, near the end of the story Second Coming, which is pretty good. Um, in that story, Ileana does get sent to hell, to Limbo, mm-hmm. and Cannonball, well, Colossus wants to rescue her, and Cyclops is like, Colossus, I need you here because you're one of the main characters, and we need you for the big fight scenes. Uh, someone <laughs> has already drawn you, so it's too late to change that now. Cannonball, however, he can go rescue it. Colossus, you're you're too emotionally compromised here. Cannonball, <laughs> go rescue your best friends. Uh, so Cannonball gets a team. Pixie gets convinced by Annalee. Dazzler's there because she's bored. Northstar's there because he's bored. Gambit's there because he needs a thief for some reason. Uh, and they go. Uh, Hope Abbott uh, Trance is there. But in the funniest recruitment line of the entire freaking book, she says, fine, but I'm leaving my body. Right. <laughs> and she just goes in her spirit form. Which is good because she's the only one that can actually get out of limbo once they get stuck there. She doesn't do much when she's out of limbo, though. She just kind of gets out and says, hey, they're in trouble. And they said, yeah, well. Shocking. You know, the world's going to. Yeah, the world's <laughs> going to hell around us, too. So, you know, sorry. Sorry, Hope. Uh Right, so uh, yeah. Gambit as Death does transform Northstar and Dazzler into more farty deaths. Um, and it's really up to Pixie to save the day. Um, she kind of teams up slash then goes up against Nastir, who's a big part of this story. I mean, this is only three yeah, issues. Gambit, it, it goes by very quickly. Yeah, Gambit as Death, because he's Death in Hell, does want to own Limbo now. He wants to take over it, so he has to fight Nastir. In Sim, which goes pretty well, uh, Testa, the X-Men want to rescue Magic. That goes okay. Magic and Pixie have to learn to trust each other, which they immediately forget, but they try. Well, they, they do it enough so that they can both stab dumb Gambit and transform him back, uh, which is good. because He's very bad in this one. Yeah. I mean, again, this is something that's sort of happening off panel from the regular story. And it's not all that interesting. It's, it's so similar to the other two stories where they're just sending these characters into limbo to, to get magic again. And it's not executed. Well, the art is not good. Um, the story is rushed and, and the character affiliations were, you know, they're, oh, we're going to team up with Nastir and then we have to go back against him. And then, oh, Gambit's the apocalypse guy again. It just doesn't work. It's not entertaining. I'm I didn't very, want to read it. I am very curious when it was decided that this story would come out because the second coming revelations tie-ins are these three issues of Hellbound. Mm-hmm. A couple of issues of X Factor that I don't remember being that tied into this. And then a one shot that Cy Spurrier does about X Club that's very good. <laughs> hey, it's Cy Spurrier doing X Club. It rules. But yeah, that's not part shocking of me at feels all. Like, part of me feels like like they planned out the crossover. They were they had started work on it and they got like the initial pre-order numbers in for issue one and they were like we need to stretch this out. We need to add a few things to it. Hey, what what happens? Magic does disappear at one point. Let's go rescue her. We have to resolve that. Perfect. Yeah, but it as we're about to find out uh, with the story that was requested for this week, there is a good way to talk about that, and this ain't it. This ain't it. 
Uh, should we rank it? There's not much to tell here. It's it's this weird little inner... This is a tie-in tie-in. This is a, hey, one panel of the main book happened. Figure out what happened next in three issues for 12 whole dollars. Which, like, I mean, we, we can appreciate because the, the origin of Ileana is that same thing. But th- this does not do anything. It's, it's not... It doesn't. You could totally skip it and you'd be fine. Yeah, they don't include this in the uh, second coming trade, which is why you really? know that. Is yeah, That's... second coming trade doesn't have any of the revelations stuff. Uh, I don't know if there's a separate like second coming compendium trade that has like the. That's enough for a uh, like trade, but sure. yeah, I don't think it's in there. It doesn't matter. Uh, <sighs> where should we rank this? This is the worst story we talked about this week, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I really did not enjoy this very much aesthetically from a writing perspective, anything. So um, looking it's pretty... It's not as good as Wolverine Noir at 211. No, I, I I would much rather read it 285, the New Mutant Summer Special from 1990. Well, that's because you're a sadist, but yeah. <laughs> that's because it's fun. Um, I don't like this... As much as Hunt for Wolverine, Weapon Lost, and Hunt for Wolverine, and also Dead Ends. I don't, right I don't like it as much as the last three issues of Volume 1 of New Mutants. It's better than Search for Cyclops at 317. Um, I'll give you that. Uh, it's about on par with what's at 316, which is the uh, X-Men Volume 3 Betrayal in the Bermuda Triangle. I feel like we're in the same quality of story and artwork. That one has no, because that one's got Jorge Molina. That one's got Jorge Molina on art, so I think that one gets should get the that uh, gets the edge. I think this should go run under one under this above Search for Cyclops as our new three seventeen. That works for me. That's fantastic. Uh, so the last story, this is the one that was requested. This is the one that Old Chuckles did say that he wants to do, and I want to point out something to our listening audience here. Adam has grabbed a pillow. Uh, to try and drown out the noise of his very enjoyable puppy dog, who I assume is on the other side of this small door. Uh, no, she's upstairs, but she's freaking out, and I don't know why. Uh, and listeners probably heard her barking last week in, in past episodes. So they did. I got the comments. It would be really great if uh, she would stop doing that. But anyway... Um, She's a new dog. Guys, we have to embrace this new member of the family that Adam has brought in. <laughs> uh anyway so we've what's the request because this is we're doing this in in chronological order but this last third story is the story that uh that was requested right right this is from new mutants volume three numbers 15 through 21 the fall and the rise of the new mutants written by zeb wells with art by leonard kirk all right so um and grew EFX. Yes. Uh, and Joe Caramanga. I think we've talked about this when we talked about this volume of New Mutants, about how highly uh, praised this volume was. And I think we were both kind of like, huh? Why? But now I feel like I get it. Like, yeah, I, hey, this part's good. This part is really good and um, much different than the other approaches that we've seen to this. And I think the best part about this is that there is this uh contrasting story aside from just the you know save iliana 
with this awesome idea that there have been these U.S. military soldiers who were sent to limbo and abandoned there for like 25 years that have now come back. Limbo time, but like like 18 months human time. Right, but but they, they were just left there and now they're back and they want revenge. Like that is a fun idea. And the way it's executed in this, the, the big first chunk of this is the fall of the New Mutants, um, which is the better part of the story. The rise of the New Mutants isn't necessarily as good, that the, the, the resolution of it. But man, oh, macaroni, do they do a good job uh, of putting this story together. I love it. You ever, you ever wonder between this and uh, his ongoing Hellions series, which is very good, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um how much Zeb Wells really current Don of X writer Zeb Wells really likes Inferno? I think it's very clear, and why not? I mean, if you're going to be in love with that storyline, you might as well play with it in a fun way, in the way that's being done here. Um, so, you know, these new mutants. Do you remember an in Inferno, Adam? Yes. Do you remember how Madeline Pryor did make a uh, portal from Limbo into New York City, New York? I do. um, And that comes back in one of the most clever plays in this, too. I forgot. We have to talk about that, too. Because the the babies are back. Yeah, because it's the coolest thing. The babies are back. All of the Inferno babies (laughs) that the New Mutants were like, oh, we got to give these to the government so they get written out of the story now. And like, go find their parents. Well, the government didn't. Nope. Did take all those babies immediately to hell and raise them to be murderous hell soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. They tortured them and made them demon soldiers because they're mutant demon inferno soldier babies and they're sadistic and they're mean and they're gross. And I love them. Yeah. So you, you have you have soldiers that are like wearing demons on their face or they're part demon. <laughs> Like they might have a demon arm or they might have like three eyes because they've got something on their head. And then you also have that guy with the demon helmet that has great, three right? eyes is my it's favorite. Great. And a lot of this Leonard Kirk kills. I was going to say Kirk sells it with the artwork, man. Like he gets the expressions of the new mutants dead on. And then he really, really does a great job of, of uh, doing the action sequences here when these guys all start coming to blows. But when you, when you yeah. do read the reveal about the, the, the Inferno babies coming back as a villain team, like it, I feel like it's children of the vault level of like, whoa, that's a great continuity pull to pull back and just be like, yes. If... If Zeb Wells didn't already do this, this feels like something that would just happen in Hawkspox. Like, this would be a Hickman pull of, it's such a clever idea, it's such a good, unused concept, and I'm so happy to see it show up here, because it's great. Um, And we get introduced to characters like Face, who is kind of like a Cyclops, but just doesn't have a face he just has a big old like uh he has no mouth and he must scream (laughs) so it's just like a big old i don't know traffic light on his head it's it's gonna zap people um yeah scab he lives with the x-men now he he gets the goonies treatment and karma karma goes and hugs face at the end and says you're gonna live with me now (laughs) i'm sure that lasted forever uh it did this it Adam, he's on Krakoa. Is he really? Face lives That's great. With, yes, face lives with the X-Men. 
Oh, I like that. He's That's just nice. always been around. He was in Christina Strange's Generation X. It was the wildest pull. Oh, I have to go back and look at that. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's like in issue three or something. He gets captured, and that sends them down to the tunnels where M Plate is. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember that. Oh, I, I didn't make that yeah, connection. Wild. I, I lost it, lost it when I saw that happen. Regardless. Um. Anyway, things do not go well for the New Mutants in the fall of the New Mutants portion of this story. Um, and they are really left on a, a pretty tragic note at the end of that that part of the arc. Yeah, well, for all of them except for Ileana, because Magic has something up her sleeve, which has been building for this entire run, which yes. is clever and dark mm-hmm. and, like, the most wild thing. Yeah, um, the... I, I just really wish that the same art team could have carried through for the rise of the new mutants part of the story because the art definitely takes a hit the writing is still as quality but the rise of the new mutants part of this story just it, the artwork is just not as good uh yeah kirk know? still does a few pages in it but andrew curry uh helps him out pretty heavily on this right and it's it's not that it's terrible art by any stretch of the imagination it's just we get used to to that very very good artwork style for more issues than than the conclusion and it it just doesn't it doesn't work um so tell them what the big reveal is because this is something that's been going on since the first issue of this run yeah so in the first issue of this run Ileana came back in time and said, hey, there's some bad stuff going on. This is bad. And that's what gets the new mutants back together. Um, They go find Legion. Well, it turns out this is all part of a wild uh, Xanatos Gambit by Ileana, who gets Legion and gets gets Karma to unleash regular, like, can destroy worlds and accidentally create Age of Apocalypse God Killer level Legion mm-hmm. unlocked. After she has gotten her friends more or less safe, but used them as a bargaining chip to get the Hell Soldiers to try and unleash the Elder Gods of Limbo, using using the uh, soul the Soul Stone locket, which they stole from Witchfire. She appears for continuity reasons, and it's, it's brief. Fine. She gets beat up. Yeah, it's be- It's like, oh, yeah, you remember this? Well, we have to tell you why they got this locket. Anyway, they use the locket. Uh, the Elder Gods are Elder Gods, so they are not contained by this locket, actually, and not controlled by the U.S. government, which is fair. Um, and Eliana uses Legion to first erase the Elder Gods of Limbo from all of existence mm-hmm. as revenge. Yep. Just because... Just because Belasco was crappy to her when she was a kid for the Elder Gods. Then has Legion destroy the locket so that she can give get the three parts of her soul back and give Pixie the two parts of her soul back. And everyone, like, Karma is so furious when she realizes that this, all of this, Ileana knew, and this was her big time traveling mm-hmm. hell lordy reality manipulating plan 
to get revenge and get her soul back. And she knew that all of the suffering that was about to take place as part of the, the fall of the New Mutants was going to not only going to happen, but had to happen for her plan to work. Um, this is this is the Avengers Endgame, a billion different futures. Only one of them works because this one time a rat will walk over this button at the right time. <laughs> I I think that the 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 cleverness of this story is pretty genius. And uh, am I correct that this because Legion, the real Legion, is released? Doesn't this lead into Age of X? Because everybody is freaked out that that, that Legion is back. Yeah, this leads directly into Age of X after this. Yeah. Uh, because of what happened. Uh, what's his uh, Zeb leaves the book after this. He told the story that he wanted to tell, and he had a day job, uh, so he could afford it. <laughs> uh, and Mike Carey jumps in because he was, he was interested in doing some stuff with Legion uh, and would continue to do it in his X-Men Legacy run. But he jumps in and does his Age of X story, which is another really good story with these characters. I, I thought this was... Anyway, this is a fun fan- story. This I think this is fantastic. Um, and I'm going to say something bold that maybe we have not done in a while, but I think this is top 100. I also think this is top 100. I think this is better than End of Grays, a story yeah. that I do like. You have something highlighted, and I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't at least discuss this. Okay. You have number 95, Inferno Between the X-Men and X-Factor, a controversially low but still in the top 100 pick on this list. Yeah, I don't think I could put this ahead of the actual Inferno. Um, I mean, we've done it before. I know, but th- I, I just think given... I, I, I still think original... Flavor Inferno is is better than this particular story. I don't know how do how do you feel about it? I feel like we put a Howard the Duck story above original Flavor <laughs> Inferno. So like that bridge of we we have taken away the sanctity of original Flavor Inferno. We have stripped it down to as a story between these two things. It doesn't work as well as we want it to, even though the concepts are good in that we remember Inferno for what it led up to and what it came out of. But the new mutant side is actually a lot better of Inferno than the X-Men and X-Factor. That's true. And that is rated uh, much higher on our list. Um, All right. I am, I will say I here's, here's what I'll say at 88 is second coming. And I don't think this is, this has a lot of that same, like, Oh yeah, fist bump and heck yeah stuff that Second Coming like gets remembered yeah. for. But I think Second Coming pulls it off a bit better. I if I if I, we're gonna I, go I, up to the eighties, I would say Second Coming is probably the ceiling. Um and I, I would put this ahead of the first arc of Ultimate X Men. That's at eighty nine, and I think that's fair, because right under that is Blood Hungry, which is known for incredibly good art. <laughs> Uh, and Peter David writing, <laughs> and then uh, the Nimrod story of New X Men, which is fun mm-hmm. actually, yeah. and actually very similar to say. you don't expect it to be as rip roaring of a good time. Yeah, pretty similar. Uh, all right, so this but is our new eighty nine. Fall and Rise of the New Mutants. Uh, yeah, it's eighty nine, baby. Nice and Rise. I have to put that in brackets. Fall and Rise of the New Mutants. Yeah. That, I mean, it's 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 a lot of story, but uh, definitely recommend it. 
it's it's a good one. Yo, hey Chuck, Chuck, thank you for uh, thank you for suggesting that one. It was uh, it was fun. If you guys want to be like Chuck Adam, do you know what they can do? Uh, you guys can head over to our Patreon. Yeah, that's at patreon.com slash battle of the atom. If you do that, you can get a story on this list. We will handcraft an episode around it. At different levels, you get different uh, rewards, like uh, maybe early episodes of the show. Maybe you get to vote on some of the extra stories that we do and try and force your own special story in there as a secret secret <laughs> bonus. People have done that before. <laughs> That one, that one's not legally binding, and I can say no. I don't want to cover uh, the story that came in a McDonald's meal, uh, which did happen. Is it's mostly an activity book, and it's bad. Um, not Pizza Hut le- X Men level by any means. Um, you can do that. Uh, also, money money's tight for literally everyone right now. Uh, so, like you know what, don't feel bad. No. You guys can always if rate you have and review spare the money, show, tell friends about it, yeah. all that good stuff. You can do all that good stuff. Uh, you can also go on over to uh, the Xavier Files on Twitter. That's where all the latest stuff will get posted, along with some really cool articles that come from XavierFiles.com, which is your leading source for Zack saying X-Men stuff and all of his friends writing better things than that. Uh, Adam wrote a really good thing about how you pronounce Conan. Yeah. Uh, skip that W, folks. Skip that W. Um. Wild, wild <laughs> we're stuff. We're learning stuff every that we're day, learning. Right? Baby Nicias, I did not know. Spoiler alert. He said, yeah, sure, whatever. That sounds good. I love good. James. He's just I like, don't care. Baby you Nicias guys want to say it different? That's fine with me. Sure. I don't I don't actually know Japanese, guys. <laughs> I was I was making all this up. Is it wrong? Probably. Oh, what, a, what a nice guy. All right. So uh, my personal best friend. Adam, where can people find you? Guys, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy. And uh, what are we talking about next week, Zach? Next week, we're going to talk about X-Factor. It's really fun. I boys in it. So the new X-Factor. Oh, yeah, shoot. I forgot to mention Leah Williams, our friend, is going to be there. Leah's, Leah's getting up to being one of the most frequent guests on this show. I believe this will be her fourth appearance. One, two, fifth appearance. Fourth. Fourth appearance. Hey. This will be four. And eventually we'll have to do one of those SNL like Letterman jackets. And uh... <laughs> I've thought about this. I've thought about this. Number one so far is Charlie Davis. Uh, I think Chris Edelman would be two, but then it's close. Uh, it would probably be like Leah's up there. Luke is up there. Uh, Vita's close. Jordan's there. Jor- Jordan's Jordan's on four. Jordan has four already. Well, I'm excited because we have not had a guest or or an interview since C2E2. Um, so hey, comics broke, yeah, guys. Yes, I don't know how to tell you. We didn't do <laughs> comics for a while. So very excited to talk to Leah about X Factor, um, and that it'll be a delight. Yeah. Um, but I guess until then, guys, this has been Bally Adam. We hope you survived the experience. Get it!